Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. I'm Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. I am in Pittsburgh looking at PNC Park right now, as a matter of fact. Jay Posner, I know what you're looking at. It's not as pretty as what I'm looking at. You are in the office there. Uh, Jay? I'm just in a studio with nothing but soundproof padding uh, around it. But I know exactly where you are because I was in that same hotel in the beginning of May. Uh, did not have quite as good a view as the view you sent me a picture of last night, but it's a beautiful spot. I think that's really an underrated city, and uh, mm, it has some has some great views, and, and one of the best you'll be seeing for the next three days from PNC Park, uh, where the Padres will be playing against the struggling Pirates. They have not—it's funny, they won those three games when they came in here a month ago, and ever since then— They've been pretty much awful. They were twenty and four and twenty when they left. They're thirty three and forty right now, so that's nine and twenty. Kevin, I'll do the quick math for you, which of course means nothing. I mean, the as we saw this week, the Brewers were in first place. They came in here and they could not handle the mighty Padres. And I would say, and I don't know what to make of this, other than the Padres have been bad for a long time, but it's continued into this year to some extent that struggling good teams or bad teams. When they play the Padres, they somehow get well. It happens a lot. So, you know, look, every time the Padres can go to some place and, and uh, you know, continue to show that they're different, that it's a new team, that makes it a big series. And, and here they are. Uh, actually, didn't do the math. Sorry, but I know that before the rest of the games, obviously the Padres are off yesterday, uh, before the rest of the games that had any impact, like the Rockies, Padres were two and a half out of the wild card spot. Uh, correct me if something has changed, Jay. Yeah, I mean, that, that it almost it sounds bizarre to think that, but they are actually two games out okay. of the wild card right now. Colorado and Milwaukee are virtually tied for that spot as, as we tape this. Colorado 34 losses, Milwaukee 35. Philadelphia 35, St. Louis 36, and the Padres 37. And of course, Arizona, Washington, Cincinnati all have 38. So it's still a little early to to think about to think about that, but it's a lot better than than we've seen in the past few years, where by this point in the year there wasn't even any any point in even looking at the at the wild card standings or or any other standings. You know what's in front of them is is interesting. I mean, this is. And I think this happened when they played the Pirates the last time. We talked about, oh, they're playing a team that maybe they can get well against and take advantage of, and they won the first game and lost the next three. And now they have three against the Pirates and and two against the Orioles on this week-long trip where they only play five games. So, you know, we'll see what what happens. I I think we've we've said before we've given up trying to predict that they're going to be good against this team or bad against this team or anything like that. And as, as I mentioned a minute ago, you know, no one would have predicted that they were going to sweep the Brewers uh, in that series here this week, but everything went well. They got great pitching two nights and didn't get good pitching the third day, but got great hitting. So it all uh, worked out well. And Fran Mill Reyes with the biggest hit of all on uh, Wednesday. You wrote a little about that and, and just sort of the, the adjustments he's had to make. What was the what was the, your takeaway from from how he's been struggling, but how he made something work on Wednesday. There was no doubt, and, I, and it was interesting that he he acknowledged it. He was 
hitting pitchers' pitches, which meant that, you know, his actually, his chase rate, you know, swinging at pitches outside the zone when guys were on base, because Funmill's been very good at that overall. It wasn't terrible uh, in terms of the difference when guys were on base and they weren't, but he was going up there, and if that first pitch was anywhere near the strike zone, he was swinging at it, grounding out or flying out. He was striking out on three pitches or four pitches. He wasn't working counts like he has become so much better at, and, and he knew it because he wanted to have a lot of RBIs. He wanted to come through like a power hitter supposed to in the middle of the lineup. Um, the Padres somewhat protected him by not putting him in the middle of the lineup for a while, but then it was like, no, you know what? <laughs> this is a waste. Look at this guy. He's got, you know, at the time, you know, he had 19 home runs. We're going to put him in, in the fourth spot, then they put him in the fifth spot. That's where they've kept him. And you know what? It's uh, as, as Fran Reyes has done, he worked himself out of it, not just on Wednesday when he had two hits with guys on base. A couple times before that, while he didn't get hits, he had way better at bats. And that is why, really, the Padres were so high on him, besides the fact that he can hit any pitch 450 <laughs> right. feet. And that's a little bit of the problem, is he knows he can hit any pitch 450 uh-huh. feet. Um, but the constant adjustments he makes, and that he doesn't stay down very long, and that's just rare for a rookie. So that's why they're so high on Fran Reyes in the future. And, you know, if you can get him hitting, and obviously Renfro and Hosmer, who you wrote about today, has has been really good for the first you know two and a half months or so Machado has has shown some signs lately of, of snapping out of things and especially by by going to up the middle and and toward right center field seems to be really effective I mean the the home run he hit the other night I was lucky enough to be sitting right behind the plate that night and I mean as soon as that thing left the bat you could just tell that it was it was going out and and he knew it and it just had a different sound uh, when it left his bat that night and he seems to be effective when he's going that way and not just trying to pull everything, uh, you know, 500 feet to left field. So interested to see what he does on the road this week. He's been better on the road than he has been at home for, you know, for the whole season. And then going back to Baltimore, which I know we'll, we'll talk about early next week. But that will be another, uh, I don't want to say test, but it'll be another interesting thing to watch is sort of how he reacts to, uh, you know, going back to the place that was home for so many years for him. But that's, you know, if you get all those guys hitting, that's four guys right there that you can put in the middle of the lineup. And that doesn't even include the most exciting player in the history of everything, Fernando Tatis Jr., who, you know, continues to to provide moments of amazement pretty much every night that he's out there. So that's a pretty good top five in the lineup if they can keep all those guys, you know, hitting or remotely close to hitting at the same time. It's what they expected, right? And we didn't right. see for two months, and right. it was a little troubling, especially when the pitching was kind of like above the level that they or, or we, anybody, expected. I feel like they left some, some wins out there. But if they can somehow patch together uh, a, a starting rotation made up of like seven guys that, that, that start uh, <laughs> right. you know, and give them varying lengths, because the Nelson Lamette's going to come back probably at the end of the month. Chris Paddock is going to pitch here on Saturday. Um, you know, I don't know that we'll see Nick Margavichus again. You, you start to patch this together, and if they can do a serviceable job, here we are, almost July, and, and we're actually talking about uh, it, it mattering. And I think that Manny Machado is important because one of the reasons you get a guy like that is that he can carry you at times. So let's say Hosmer cools off or, uh, you know, Renfro uh, does or whatever, and, and, or Tatis, for goodness sake, cools off, which we know is never going to happen. <laughs> of course um, not. <laughs> but, but Manny Machado hitting like he has the last week, uh, if he continues to, to crush balls like that, that's, that's why you're paying him uh, that money. So I think that this shows uh, what, they, 
what they could be. And now I guess we'll just wait to see whether they will be. Well, let's talk about the pitching uh, now that we've mentioned the hitting. You, you mentioned a few guys. I, I just scribbled down seven names since you, you said you wanted a seven-man rotation. Uh, so you mentioned Lamette whenever he is, whenever he comes back, and whether that's you know whether we see him before the All Star break or after, I would imagine it wouldn't be too far after uh, if it's if it's even that long. And then you've got Strom, Paddock, Lauer, Lucchese, uh Cal Quantrill, who's pitched pretty well, but we, we haven't seen him you know for like a week, and he's not in the rotation this weekend. And Logan Allen, who was phenomenal the other night in his major league debut, which of course proves nothing other than. You know, when he's on his game, he could be he can be great. But you know, I, I don't think anybody should get carried. I'm not saying Logan Allen might not be great because he might be, but nobody should get carried away off one game. I I mean, Jacob Nix pitched six shutout innings in his first start, I think, a year ago. So you know, guys pitch well, guys don't pitch well. It's obviously a long season and a long career career that you hope they have. But where where do you see things going on now with this? with this rotation and is i've seen a couple people suggest this on social media is there any chance that matt strom becomes a reliever again at least this year or do you think that he's part of this sort of seven man i don't want to call it a rotation but seven man grouping that is that is going to start games here where where are we where are we headed with these guys seven man stew or a seven man jambalaya <laughs> of, of, of uh, starting pitching I, I do think that Matt Strong plays into it possibly Cal Quantrill who you've seen warm up a few times uh, mm-hmm. in, in game and Denelson Lamette though I think he'll start we're talking about you know four or five innings uh, Luis Perdomo I, I think that it's it's the, the possibilities are endless is what I'm saying right. uh, you're right. going to see Lauer Lucchese Paddock start and forgive me if I've, I've left someone out of uh, the seven that I think would be definitive starters. And other guys I think you'll see start, but I think you'll also see come in because you've got off days to play with, you've got the all-star break to play with, uh, workload limits to play with. Uh, and, and certainly Matt Strom has been okay recently, and well, not even that a couple times, but uh, their bullpen is weaker because he's not in it. And you couple that with what else they have uh, – I absolutely think that Matt could be seeing some relief innings and that the future is possible that uh, he's back in the bullpen. Though, you know, there's just so much promise there. I know, it's not like I know. it's been this horrible failure, you know, right. where you're like, oh, yeah, he's going back to the bullpen. I think that's a real easy, easy thing to toss out there because he hasn't been – you know, spectacular on a consistent basis. But let's remember that there were like four straight quality starts, or maybe it was five, and there was like a, a seven or eight start stretch with a 2.0-something ERA. Uh, I, I just think that to some extent, and this is why they wanted to make him a starter, you're wasting his ability if you're going to have him pitch out of the bullpen. But I think that, that is very well made. Yeah, I think that could be true. And, and we also don't know. I mean, he missed some time with, with an injury, and – you know, it's it's easy for guys to say, sure, I'm fine, but maybe there's just a little niggling thing that's left that is bothering him just a little bit, which throws you off just a little bit. And, you know, the margin of error isn't exactly uh, large for these guys. But, uh, you know, we also say, okay, great, they have seven guys. We're assuming all seven are going to be healthy at the same time. You know, you mentioned innings limits as well. I mean, stuff happens, to, especially to pitchers, where maybe somebody's down. You know, if you're going to try to limit if you're going to be limiting innings with Strom and Paddock, especially, you may want to go, you know, you're going to need that sixth starter at least. And I'm looking at the schedule after the All-Star break. 
And, you know, there's not a ton of off days. I mean, it's like three games, then an off day, and then six games and an off day, but then, you know, eight games. I mean, there, there's just several stretches there where they're going to need at least six starters. Uh, and, and then you and, get into um, August, September, and, and September's like two off days, and that's how it goes at the end of the season. Right, uh, plus, right. you know, there's not to say that they wouldn't add a starter if, if that's a deal. I'm, I'm just – I'm very interested to see how if this team – continues to win uh, you know, more than it loses and, and stays close. And the teams around them are teams that they uh, you know, still have some games left to play. I mean, these guys can, can stay in the wild card race. And the fact is, they have more players than they're going to be able to play. Now, I didn't say more like championship-level players, but right. the fact is they're going to have to start moving some guys, and that includes like among the group of uh, Michelle Baez, Adrian Morajon, Luis Patino. All three of those guys are going to be in Major League Camp next year. Oh, okay, well then add them to Lauer, Quantrill, uh, Lucchese, Strom, Paddock. Uh, also, Mackenzie Gore is probably going to be on the opening day roster, you know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Well, and you, and didn't, even, all the, you didn't even mention Logan Allen. You didn't mention Garrett Richards. Right, Garrett, Garrett Richards is Garrett another guy Richards. that, you know, we yep. could be looking at yep. for next year. So there, there's a grouping of, of so many people. And I, I will issue one cautionary tale just as I was as I was researching the Pirates again this morning and the Pirates are going to throw two Grossman High kids uh, well I don't want to call them kids but two Grossman High alums Joe Musgrove and Stephen Brault on Friday and Sunday but the cautionary tale is Chris Archer who will pitch on Saturday he's three and six his ERA is almost six he's given up 17 homers in 64 innings and when they traded for him they gave up Austin Meadows, an outfielder who's 24 years old and has an OPS over 900 right now for Tampa Bay. And they gave up Tyler Glasnow, who had a 1.86 ERA and eight starts this year before he hurt his arm. He's due back, I think, in a month or so. But so there's a there's a situation where the Pirates traded for a veteran pitcher, gave up two prospects, and now the prospects look like they're going to be tremendous and have great careers and the guy they traded for has been terrible for them you know again it it goes both ways we saw it with ryan ludwick here we saw it when the padres traded fernando rodney and got chris paddock you've got to be really careful with deals like that and especially going after veteran pitchers because to me it seems like those guys are always just you know one season away from everything just sort of falling apart and if you give up the wrong guy, and of course the Padres are going to have to make some deals, as you said, yep. You're just going to have too many people. But you 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 sure hope that you give up the right person, and that you're not looking at a deal like the Pirates are going to be looking at, or you're watching Corey Kluber win Cy Young awards for somebody else. That's absolutely, and I know that you meant a cautionary tale for for fans in terms of getting the hopes up. Guaranteed that there will not be a well. The Padres are. I guarantee you the Padres are vehemently opposed and uh, like, no way will there be a Chris Archer type deal. There won't be a Brian Ludwig. This will not be a short term. If they get a guy who is going to come in and pitch for them this year and be near or at the top of their rotation, it'll be a guy that they control. And that means a guy who is young for the most part. They're not, you know, they're just not, they're not in a position where they have to take on a huge salary. So it won't be a Chris Archer. As a matter of fact, the Rays uh, were, perfectly willing to give the Padres Chris Archer for Hunter Renfro and or Austin Hedges and a prospect that I believe was Luis Patino. The Padres <laughs> will not be making that trade, all right? Right, and, so, when, I, and uh, when I said cautionary tale, I, I, you know, I'm sure that everyone 
at Padres headquarters listens to every second of what we talk about, <laughs> and they base all their decisions on that. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure that they they are aware of these cautionary tales. That yes, I, I was talking more about fans trying to get excited about getting that one that one player who's going to get you over the hump, and especially when you're talking about a pitcher, you know, that you acquire in late July. Let's say, you know, how many starts are you going to even get out of a guy like that? You know, at, at that point in the season, you know, you might get eight or ten starts, and maybe that, maybe if you're in a position, a certain position, that boosts you over the top for that year. But you know, it's to to take one to take a big swing at a wild card spot to me mm-hmm. at this stage of where the Padres are would not be the wisest move, just because. And you know, you're not winning the division. I mean, they're they're not in the Dodgers league uh, at this point. So I, I just would be cautious about giving up too much for the wrong person. And uh, I, I'm sure the Padres are, are more than uh, on that same page with, with me, as they should be with most things. I mean, let's be honest. We have, uh, we have what, five weeks to, uh, to talk about that coming up to the deadline. So I think it might, even be, that. Si- I think it might even be six at this point. So, so Jay... What else do we have to talk about with uh, the Pirates? You mentioned the Grossmont kids, who I believe the, them and uh, they all pitched. All the San Diego kids pitched against the Padres last time. Uh, they did. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Williams just pitched yesterday, so, so he won't be pitching in this series. Right. Uh, Musgrove and, and Brault got the wins in the games they yep. pitched. Brault came out of the bullpen, but he's been starting recently. And, and actually, he's uh, made four starts as sort of a full-time starter here in the last couple of weeks and only allowed three runs in 21 and two-third innings. So he's pitched very well. Joe Musgrove, on the other hand, has not pitched well. Uh, Even throwing out that game where he got ejected for reasons that only one person would know, and I'm not going to go on an umpire rant here, but that, that that was a farce that Musgrove got tossed out of that game. But throwing out that game, he's allowed at least five runs in five of his last eight starts, and his ERA is almost eight in those games. So that's a guy, uh, you know, where, again, maybe the Padres could jump on him tonight. Uh, Archer pitches the middle game. The Padres, uh, Lauer pitches tonight, I believe, against Musgrove. And then we see Paddock come back uh, on Saturday and then Lucchese on Sunday. Lucchese pitched uh, very well on on Monday against the Brewers. What, uh, let's, let's go back to Chris Paddock. We've talked so much about him all this time, what can we see from Paddock? Have you heard? Have you heard anything about what happened while he was on his uh, little little break? A, a couple bullpen sessions. That was it. I have not heard how they went or what they were, uh, but I look forward to speaking to him as we take this on Friday afternoon, and I'll head over, uh, walk across the bridge to uh, the ballpark, and uh, talk to him about it. And I'm uh, sure that uh, Chris Chris loves to talk about pitching, so that that'll be fun, and I'll write that up. But uh, it was, you know, as we know, it was mostly rest, and then get a chance to work on that for you know some reason he just. You know, maybe because it's hard to pitch in the big leagues, uh, he got out, he got he got out of rhythm, especially with his devastating uh, right. changeup. So that was uh, far and away the the thing that they were going to to work on. But you now I think it went just as as planned because it was as they indicated ten days. Yeah, and Pittsburgh has has a couple very very good hitters, Josh Bell and Brian Reynolds, that we saw here uh, do some damage last month, and and both have continued. To hit well, there I was looking. Their offense has been has been pretty good in the last month, but their pitching has been terrible. Six point three one ERA in the last twenty eight days. 
um, 14th in ERA for the season. And here's your your weird stat of the day, Kevin. It, you know, you wonder is it the I wondered is it the starters who have been bad or the bullpen that's been bad? And the answer is yes. Uh, the, the the starters 5.11 ERA this year, bullpen 5.12 ERA this year. So there's your uh, there's your oddball stat for for the Pirates for the weekend. I will keep it in mind uh, as I as I go about my weekend, Jay. Uh, Folks, I want to thank you for joining us from, well, you're at home. I'm in beautiful Pittsburgh. It really is. It's just an underrated view city, Jay. It, it is. I, like I said, I really enjoyed my time there. I went to PNC uh, on a Friday night, as it happens, and, and Joe Musgrove was pitching, and he was horrible. Uh, the, uh, the A's knocked him out in, I think it was in the third inning of, of that game. And so, and he, like I said, he has not been very good uh, in, the, in much of the time since then, so... We'll see what happens there. And then you're off to Baltimore and some wonderful summer heat and humidity, I'm sure. Maybe a couple of thunderstorms. Uh, But, of course, the return of Manny Machado. So you'll have plenty of that to write about and talk about next week. And we will talk to everyone again on Tuesday uh, on the Hot Lava Podcast. Have a good weekend, everyone.